Hi, everyone. My name is Josh. My name is Demaya. And welcome to a field snack on the Field Notes podcast, where we deliver bite-sized information about Esri field operations. On today's episode, we are covering the basics of high-accuracy data collection. This process involves going into the field and using additional tools to ensure high-location accuracy when plotting features and assets on your map. We'll break down common terminology, the ArcGIS model for GPS metadata, and how you compare GPS and GNSS receivers with Esri field apps to collect rich, accurate data. Now, if you're familiar with the GIS world, you know we love our jargon and especially our acronyms. So let's start by breaking down some common terminology associated with high accuracy data collection. And a good place to start is just with location accuracy itself. So location accuracy is a measurement that tells you the margin of error between where a location is represented on a map versus the actual physical location on Earth. For example, when you're looking at your location on a phone, it's typically shown as a blue dot. This is how location is represented in Esri field apps, as well as other location-based apps like Google Maps or Waze. And that blue dot is generated by your phone's location provider, which might include GPS, Wi-Fi, or cellular network locations. So I'm currently viewing my location in ArcGIS field maps, and it's telling me that my location accuracy is 4.9 meters. So this means that the blue dot representing my location on the map is probably within 4.9 meters of my actual physical location. And we say probably because field maps uses a 68% confidence interval by default. That means that there's a 68% chance that Josh's location on the map is within 4.9 meters of his actual location. You can change this default to 95%, but we'll get into that later. And now on the surface, 4.9 meters seems pretty accurate, right? It doesn't seem like that big of a distance, but that just depends on what you're trying to do and what kind of data that you're collecting. Exactly. If I'm trying to get to a coffee shop, I can trust the GPS and a 4.9 meter location accuracy to get me there. Or if I'm collecting data that doesn't require high accuracy points, like damage inspections after a storm, I also feel pretty good about knowing the feature I'm creating or updating is within 4.9 meters of an entire building. So where high accuracy comes into play is when you need to ensure that the margin of error is very low in the sub-meter or even centimeter range. So think about utility assets, especially those underground, where you need to ensure that access points are within a centimeter of where they're represented on your map. Or think about assets that are really crowded together, like water valves. If you're collecting a point for each valve, you'll want to make sure the location is as accurate as possible. So when viewing those features on a map, the assets are represented in a clear and accurate way. And to ensure there's no mistaking one for the other when accessing them in the field. The level of accuracy required for those situations is rarely possible with just our mobile devices, and they require the use of a GNSS receiver. Now GNSS, there's one of those acronyms, stands for Global Navigation Satellite System. You're probably more familiar with the term GPS, and I know I sure was until I started here at Esri, and that stands for Global Positioning System, and GPS is just a subset of what's included in GNSS. So the GPS satellite system is operated by the United States, but there's also GLONASS, operated by Russia, Galileo, the European Union, Beidou, operated by China, QZSS, which is Japan, and the IRNSS, which is India. 
Today's GNSS receivers make use of all these systems together to give you the best location accuracy possible wherever you are in the world. Now, due to its longevity and familiarity of the term, GPS is often interchanged with GNSS, including in some of our documentation at Esri and our other content. For this reason, we may use the term GPS when describing high-accuracy GNSS receivers, but just know that when we do say GPS or GNSS receiver, we're talking about a high-accuracy data collection tool, and we are most likely referring to GNSS, and we're going to try to keep that straight throughout this. Yeah. Also, receivers can be internal to a device or external. For this episode, we're going to be focusing on external high-accuracy receivers. So you can pair a variety of GPS and GNSS receivers with Esri field apps, such as Field Maps, Survey123, Quick Capture, App Studio Player, or your own custom App Studio app, whichever is most suited for your data collection needs or whatever you're already using in your organization. External receivers can be connected via Bluetooth to your mobile device and can then be used in these Esri field apps as the location provider while you are collecting data. Because of this, you're able to access those surveys, smart forms, and rapid data collection tools powered by ArcGIS, and then enhance the quality of your data with location accuracy powered by a GPS or GNSS receiver. Depending on the receiver, you may also need to install and connect your receiver to an app from the manufacturer to get either a more accurate location, receive more metadata about your location, or so that you can share it with many apps on your device. And when we're talking about a receiver, they are often mounted to a pole that you place on the exact location of the asset you're capturing. Um, they do come in various shapes and sizes, and we'll include an image in our episode announcement just so you have one that you can reference. And the receiver then communicates its location to generate the point in the Esri app. There was an Esri case study published about last year about how conservationists on Hilton Head Island paired GNSS receivers with Esri technology to collect the location of sea turtle nests. The Hilton Head team needs high accuracy locations so that they can successfully monitor and protect endangered turtle species. This is just one of many examples in which high accuracy data isn't just wanted, but rather required to be successful. And speaking of requirements, you can tailor high accuracy workflows even more by setting location accuracy requirements for data collection, so that data can only be collected when the location accuracy meets a certain threshold. And you can set this up when you're configuring a map in the Field Maps web app, or when creating a project or survey for Quick Capture and Survey123. And if you're using Field Maps or Survey123, you can also enable GPS averaging which collects a number of points for a single location and averages their information to get a final location and accuracy, increasing the precision of the location. When enabled, GPS averaging is used for both point features as well as for individual vertices of lines and polygons. And as far as the averaging goes, uh, it's for vertices and lines and polygons and field maps, and then it's just going to be individual points in survey one, two, three. So there is a bit of a distinction between what's possible in each app. And then also in field maps, you can change that default 68% confidence interval that we mentioned earlier to 95%, ensuring a higher confidence in the location accuracy before adding data to your map. I also want to mention that it can sometimes take some time to collect a high accuracy data point. It's not uncommon to need to stay still at a location for a few minutes in order to get a sub meter accurate location. 
This contrasts greatly to that quick glance that we take at our phone navigation app to get to a coffee shop. But if accuracy is important to your work, you could consider a receiver app and workflow combination that gives you the best outcome, even if that does take you a few minutes to get those points at each location. Yeah, the environment you're in can also affect your location accuracy because it can affect the signal strength used to generate high accuracy locations. Examples of these environments include a forest or a city canopy by trees or buildings, or even a rural area without internet access. And depending on the environment and other project requirements, you may want to look into differential corrections, which help improve location accuracy using reference stations. But we have more information around differential correction technology in our high accuracy help topics linked in the episode announcement. Um, and you can go there uh, for a little bit more detail regarding those. So next, let's talk about the actual information you're able to collect with high accuracy receivers. If you plan on collecting data with the high accuracy receiver, you'll want to prepare your layer to record GPS metadata. And so when you're creating your layer in ArcGIS Pro, ArcGIS Online, and ArcGIS Enterprise, this is a setting that can be enabled as you're creating that feature layer. So when you enable a layer to include GPS metadata, those fields are automatically added to the layer and they hold information such as horizontal and vertical accuracy, location provider, the altitude, the number of satellites used to generate the point, and much more. And this information can be valuable to assess data quality and assure data collection standards have been met. Once you collect data using your receiver, that information is added to your layer, and you can view it in your attribute table. So, Demaya, I think this wraps up our very brief introduction to high-accuracy data collection. Yeah. So pairing GNSS receivers with Esri field apps creates a powerful way for you to collect rich data, ensure accuracy in the location of your assets, and meet the data collection standards of your organization. There are a ton of resources we have available, including documentation, blog posts, and some great case studies that showcase the power of collecting data with GNSS receivers. And we'll be sure to link all of them in the episode announcement and show notes for this episode. And if you really want that deep dive into location accuracy, how it works, how it's calculated, and all the data it provides, you'll definitely want to check out our documentation. For sure. Well, we hope you learned something new today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this Field Snack on the Field Notes podcast. <laughs>